Hi everyone! Right before I start the episode, I wanted to share some spooky, fun news for y'all. So I just made an audio horror book club, and it's where you can read along a spooky book with me and more spooky people, and you can read along, or you can also read a chapter or from the book, a story from the book, and so right now we are doing Tales from the Midnight Hour, so if you would love to participate and read one of the stories on there or on any future books that we do, and also you'll be able to get the stories and audio stories from this book club as well, and so it's all in a email list, so once a new person does a story, you'll be able to listen to the story and follow along, and so if you do want to join and, um, and all of that, please let me know. Send me an email at HalloweenGirlForever13 at gmail.com. And I will gladly add you to the email list, so that way you can follow along and you'll receive previous audios and all of that, and you can also read a story, too, of your choice. So be sure to sign up for that, and also, too, this is just a fun entertainment thing that I just started, and I have some spooky friends that have joined me on this journey, so I hope y'all will get to also join in on the fun, and I hope you enjoy my Halloween special of The Haunted Dog, so alright, let's get right into it. Hi everyone, it's Halloween Girl, so today's story. I had gotten so many ghost story submissions from, I believe, this year and also last year, too. There is one that definitely stood out to me because it has to do with a haunted doll and a haunted house, so I was very excited to read this story. And also the fact that this um, person who submitted their story also has a part two that they also had sent in. And I'm just so excited to dive into that since this is a special episode for Halloween. I thought I would do part one and part two in the same so as soon as I'm done with the first part of the story, I will pause and just give my insights on just after reading the entire story, and then I will dive into part two of the story continuing, and then I will wrap it up and just give my thoughts and such, and so yeah, so I'm really excited, and I hope y'all get to relax and enjoy this story because it's just 
so good. And the person who submitted their story, it is called the original haunted dog. And so the part two is called growing up in a haunted house. And it has to do with the dog. So that's exciting. And yeah, so I hope y'all get ready to dive into and hear this spooky story. And this is a true experience as well. So I did want to give a shout out to the person who submitted this story, which um, his name is, or I would say her username is shadowbaby143. So thank you so much for sharing your story and letting me narrate this story as well. Um, so yeah, so I'm really excited. So definitely relax, sit back, and enjoy the tingles and just everything that has to do with Halloween. I'm so excited and um, again, thank y'all for tuning in to my Halloween special. So we are about to begin. The original haunted dog. My family and I lived in a house we knew to be haunted for 13 years. This is just one of the many events that took place in that house. I was about six years old. I can probably say that what happens in the story is the reason why I dislike dolls so much. I can probably say that what happens in the story. Here's a little background information. Our house was a three bedroom and one and a half bath. My parents in master bedroom, obviously, and my aunt had the second bedroom before I moved out and it became mine later. The original haunted dog. My family and I lived in a house we knew to be haunted for 13 years. This is just one of the many events that took place in that house. I was about six years old. I can probably say that what happens in the story is the reason why I dislike dolls so much. Here's a little background information. My house was a three bedroom and one and a half bath. My parents had the master bedroom and my aunt had the second bedroom before she moved out and it became mine later. And my brother had the third bedroom. That being said, I didn't have my own room at the time. I would usually sleep in my parents' room and occasionally in my brother's room. When I didn't want to sleep in either room, I just settled on the couch. Strange for a six-year-old. That's how it was. My mom used to also collect porcelain dolls when I was a kid. I know most people are already afraid or creeped out by them, but as a kid, they didn't bother me too much. That is, until one started moving. One night, I was watching TV in my mom's room. I was only 
computer, where I used to ever bed. The reason I was on the floor was because TV was inside on there. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> and the TV was so small, so the floor even lost a view of the screen. As I said earlier, my mom collected porcelain dolls. Next to the armoire was the dresser, which was covered from left to right of these dolls. The armoire also had about three or four dolls on top of it. I learned to ignore all of them, but this particular night, I couldn't help the feeling of something staring at me, so I decided to look up at the dolls. An angel styled being a doll on top of the armoire looked as if it was staring directly at me. At this point, I get a little scared and I decided to move from the floor to the other side of the bed. When I got on the bed, I looked back up at the same doll and it had moved its head. The doll had its head facing downwards towards the floor. Not only did I move higher up, but also to the side, this doll moved its head and positioned it to a completely different angle than where it was originally. For anyone who doesn't know much about porcelain dolls, especially older ones, this is literally impossible to do because these dolls are little statues. Their positions cannot be adjusted like this, or at least this one couldn't. At this point, I'm terrified and decided to tell my mom, but she just brushed it off and said I was just scaring myself because dolls cannot move. That night, I slept in my brother's room. Fast forward to about 2am that night, I wake up because I need to, needed to go to the bathroom. When I opened the bedroom door, the doll was in the middle of the hall. I was actually mad instead of scared this time. I figured my brother heard me say I was so scared of the doll and he probably just wanted to be cruel. And of course, brothers are completely normal for doing this type of thing. So I decided to wake him up and yell at him for this. But when he woke up, he was so confused. The armoire the doll was originally on top of was almost six feet tall. There was no way he could reach the doll even with a step ladder. I grabbed the doll and put it back in my mom's room on her dresser. The next day, I asked my aunt, who is um, who was apparently also 13 years old at the time, to see if maybe she was trying to scare me and my brother, since it was right outside his door. She was confused too, but asked me which doll was the one that moved. When I described the doll to her, her face went pale and sickly. Apparently, that doll was the newest to my mom's collection, but no one knew where it came from. My mom and dad didn't buy it. My aunt saw it and pointed it out for the first time just a week or so before that day. My mom just couldn't remember even having that doll. 
and she remembers where she got each and every saw from. However, she remembers my grandma from my mom's side who happens to be a witch had a doll exactly like this doll. When my aunt was living with my grandma, the doll would move around there too. I stayed away from my mom's for a while to avoid the doll, but every time I woke up at night, it was either in the hall facing the room I was sleeping in or the actual room facing me. I actually got in trouble my mom thought I was playing with her dolls, which clearly I wasn't. I kept telling her the dolls followed me, and she chalked it up to me having an overactive imagination. Then, the doll moved in the middle of the day. I was watching TV on the living room when my mom walked in and saw the doll on the dining table. Again, I got in trouble for grabbing the doll, her assumption. I cried, saying I didn't grab it and didn't even know it was there. She grabbed the doll, put it back in her room, and walked back into the living room, only to see the doll back on the table. At that point, she was so confused and was actually scared. I guess it had finally hit her that I was telling the truth about the doll all along. The doll randomly disappeared about a week or so after that. We don't know what happened to it, and my parents are completely clueless about where it came from along with where it went. None of my mom's other dolls moved around, but I stayed away from them. Anyway, my mom eventually got rid of the rest of her dolls. My other things began happening around the house, completely unrelated to the dolls. But she felt the dolls were somehow now It almost reminds me of, of course, Child's Play and Annabelle, just a random doll just in the middle of the night. Like, especially, I know they say there's this thing called the witching hour, which is, I believe, around 2 or 3, or even between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m. So I can definitely see how that can be probably connected like the type of vessel in the doll that is I guess something that came into my mind while reading this so yeah so it's, it's really creepy I can't even imagine just as a little girl and having to try to convince your family like hey I'm not doing this and I'm telling the truth and stuff so yeah that would definitely up and stuff and just frustrated with my family that they didn't believe me of course so yeah I remember there is one little thing that um, brought back I guess a memory was um, in Spanish there of course the American um, legend is called the boogeyman so in Spanish um, it's called El Gugui, and I remember my grandma, she would always tell me, like, you need to go to sleep, or the Gugui is going to come and get you in Spanish. So she would say this in Spanish, and I would get so scared, because I knew 
that um, I didn't go to sleep, that he was going to come and get me. So I would hide under my covers and try to go to sleep. But I have always been afraid of the dark. So even today, I still sleep with a nightlight on. And I remember seeing my grandma used to also have this ironing board that she would literally leave right in front of my bed and her iron. And she would sometimes put clothes over the ironing board or something to for the next day to iron the clothes or whatever. So I remember waking up at around 3 a.m. and I thought it was Boogeyman and it was just the clothes on top of the ironing board, but it scared me so bad that I was having heart palpitations and I was like, oh no, I need to go back to sleep or he's going to get me. So it was just, it looked like somebody. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so creepy. It looked like a shadow person. I guess like a boogeyman at the end of my bed. But I kept looking at it and I couldn't tell if it was just the ironing board and the iron. And just also too, it was jet black in my room. So it was just really scary. So yeah, I definitely didn't like that either and also too I remember I would always see like little like shadows move really really fast and it would scare me so hard so I can definitely relate to of course even like seeing shadows as a child like in the middle of the night and stuff so yeah it definitely has been a lot growing up so all right so now we are going to get into part two of the story Her story continues. After I got home late one night from choir practice, I had went straight into the kitchen to make some food. My brother came into the kitchen soon after and freaked out, claiming he had just seen me walking into my room. Apparently, he had seen a girl and he mistook me for walking into an assembly so now we are going to continue the story so this takes place about 10 years later than the first story so she is now 16 years old in this story so after I got home late one night from choir rehearsal, I went straight into the kitchen to make some food. My brother came into the kitchen soon after. He was so freaked out, claiming he had just seen me walk, walking into my room. Apparently, he had seen a girl and he mistaked me and stuff, and apparently he was just telling me that I was just a into my room before I was even home. So I also hadn't even been in my room yet, so it couldn't have been me. We called my parents and waited for them to get home. My brother was home alone and when he saw the girl 
and I stayed out of my room until my parents got home. My dad went straight into my room and found a doll that looked exactly like the girl my brother described, clothes and all. It took us about a week to get rid of the doll, and it was a bit of a process to do so. I wanted to see the doll gone with my own eyes, so I made sure to witness every attempt to get rid of it. So here's the first attempt. The same night the doll was found, my dad decided to try the simple thing of just throwing it into the trash. My mom refused to have it clean the house, so my dad took the doll to a trash bin outside. I saw the doll lined inside the trash bin. I knew the dumpster truck would be coming the next day to pick up the trash. I waited early morning the next day before leaving for school to see the truck take the trash. After the truck passed, I felt safe enough to leave for school since I thought it was the last of it. When I got home after school, the doll was back in my room exactly where my dad found it the night before. This is the second attempt. It has now been about three days since we first found the doll. This time, my dad decides to have it destroyed in busy traffic. A friend from church was visiting and went with us to take the doll and throw it into the traffic to get ran over. The main street we chose was about 10 minutes of a drive away from our house. My dad threw the doll into the traffic and we waited until we were sure it was gone. It was never at one point, my dad and I turned our head towards each other to comment on how it was taking so long. That's where my friend had pointed out the doll was in sitting position and facing towards us. It originally landed flat on its back. My blood ran cold when I saw it. Then finally hit the dot, but in a weird enough angle to send it flying in our direction instead of it running over. So it scraped by my leg and it hit my friend on the knee so hard that he had found a cut from it. We decided to leave it on the street there. It showed up on our doorstep the next day. The third attempt. So, my dad was fed up and so was I, so we were agreed to try and actually destroy this thing with fire. I made the fire on our back porch while my dad drenched the thing in lighter fluid. Once the fire was big enough, he threw it in the center of it. It never caught on fire. We tended to the fire for about an hour to keep it alive and just hoped it would work. When it started getting late, we let the fire die out on its own. Checked on it the next day and the doll was completely intact and the doll didn't even have any 
fire stains on it and stuff. So this next one is the final attempt. So my dad finally decided to contact our church pastor and apparently we are also really good friends with. And my dad explained the situation to him. His son was also my friend that witnessed one of our failures and had found hurt in the process and was able to testify for us about the situation. My pastor and his family came to our house and saw the doll in the fire pit. My dad began making a new fire while my pastor began to drench the doll in olive oil while saying a prayer. His wife and another woman went into my room while they were doing this and started blessing it in there. Then my pastor threw the doll into the fire and threw more olive oil into it and continued with his prayer. My dad held his Bible out towards the doll as our pastor opened his and began reading a passage out loud. That was when the doll finally caught fire. The woman in my room essentially did the same thing. One held her Bible out while praying as the other began reading a passage out loud from it. The doll was now ash by the end of this. Our pastor put all the ashes in the fire pit into a bag and took it with him to throw away in public. And in a, I would say, in a public dumpster. So the doll never came back again after that. I was still so scared to sleep in my room for a few more weeks after this. But it felt safe enough to enter it again. And so that's the end of the Halloween special of So I hope y'all enjoyed this and it definitely reminded me of, of course, last year's Halloween special that I had uploaded and stuff. I talked about a house that I grew up in um, and had also lived there in and out um, throughout the years and how there was a cemetery that house, behind my grandparents' house, and I remember the cemetery and the tombstone was literally right in front, behind, I guess, like, if you were to see outside of my window of the bedroom, that was my bedroom, you could see the tombstone just right outside, right behind the room of where I stayed, and there were a lot of creepy stuff that happened, and it didn't end until I said some words and stuff, and even got my dad involved and my brother, and it finally went away after multiple attempts, and in that house, so it was really, really scary, of course. Um, so yeah, so that's what this, by the end of this story, that's what it reminded me of. 
of last year's Halloween special and just how having to do multiple things in order to get rid of something that is really scary and really not um, not good or just things that are lingering that is just very powerful I would say so it was really really scary and I'm really happy that I was able to of course say words and stuff out loud and um, I never got to see that thing again um, so definitely go check out last year's Halloween special it's my Halloween special from 